Well, my name is Jared, and I'm the Youth and Family Associate here at Central, and I get to speak with you all today, and I'm pretty excited about that. That is a great movie, isn't it? That's a classic. Me and Sam uh, just watched uh, Home Alone 1 and 2 over the Thanksgiving break. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. My, as I watch both movies, I, my perspective of the movie has definitely changed. Um, as, you know, growing up, I, I thought it was hilarious. It gave me creative ways of how I can hurt my siblings. And so with the things, all the stuff that he, that Kevin did to the burglars and all that kind of stuff. But now as a parent, seven weeks, uh, tomorrow, uh, it'll be seven weeks. And so, um, what a blessing. But, my perspective is, is like, how can you forget your child <laughs> several times, uh, two movies worth? Um, and so how could you, how could you do that? Um, first leaving them at home and then you're at the airport. I mean, that's just nuts. Um, and so that's just kind of funny that way. But um, speaking of Ellie, uh, just want to say from the stage that uh, just thank you um, with, with Ellie coming and y'all just loving on us and blessing us with the things that you've done, it's just been great. And so thank you for that uh, from Sam and I and Ellie. Um, and so we, uh, we, we love you all. Thank you for this family. Um, but as people have come to our house and given us food and just given us things and just loved on us and, and just taking her so then we could sleep or <laughs> do whatever, um, people have, have told me that, Jared, she looks like you. And I'm, my, first, my like initial response to that is, oh, no, um, I, I don't know if she want, if I want her to look like me, but I want her to look like her mom because she's beautiful. Too. But uh, but it got me thinking, and so we did some digging, and I found actually a picture of myself as a baby and compared it to Ellie. Let me think. Let me. What do you guys think? Um, uh, I see. I see some similarities. I see something that's not so similar. Um, but uh, I don't know. But there you go. Uh, a great beard is not grown; it is born. So there you go. Um, that's, that's that. Anyways, sidetrack. Okay, so forgetfulness. So we give the McAllisters a, a, a hard time for forgetting Kevin twice, right? Um, not all of it's their fault. Some of it's their fault. I mean, their parents are not supposed to forget their kid. Um, but here's the reality, is that we are forgetful people. Constantly we're forgetting things. Our keys, our, our water bottles, our phones. I've lost my phone so many times. Um, just Just... We forget stuff. There was one time when I was in college, I was actually taking a preaching class, um, and one of the things that we had to do for our, because we preached twice in this class. And so the first time you have to have an outline in your sermon. The outline is for the professor, so then he can make marks and, and stuff like that, say, oh, yeah, this was good, oh, don't do that again, um, that kind of thing. And then you have your sermon that you actually preach, and you preach in front of your classmates, um, and then everybody just goes on through the, the order of things. I was number one. I just wanted to get it done. I wanted to get, get through it and uh, and just do it. And so uh, my first time up, I get to class, and I forgot my outline, uh, which my professor was like, really? You forgot your outline? I was like, oh, sorry. Um, so he took a notebook and just made notes. And But I had my sermon, so I preached it and did well, but I got docked points because I didn't have my outline. Um, and so fast forward to the second time that I got to preach in this class. And so I made sure I had my outline, all right? I made sure I made I I put notes. I said, "Don't forget it." I set it out, so I put it in my bag. I go to class all confident. I hand it to my professor, first up to preach in my class. I get ready, go for my bag, go through it. I don't have my sermon. I left my sermon at home at my apartment. And so, what do I do? Well, that's the difference. Like with the outline, I'm like, "Oh, I can still preach it because I still have my sermon." 
Now I don't have my sermon. I can't preach it unless I do it from memory. So I sprinted. It's like a half mile. This campus, right? It's literally across campus. I ran. Got it. It was on my bed. Why was it on my bed? I don't know. So I get it. Run back. Preach it. Killed it. Did awesome. But let me tell you, I got my sermon today, so I won't forget it. Uh, So I'm good with that. We are forgetful people. We forget things all the time. But our forgetfulness can be costly and dangerous sometimes, whether that's forgetting a child or leaving your crock pot on overnight and your house going into a blaze, um, or forgetting to do something that your spouse asked you to do that could be costly and dangerous sometimes. But I think something that is especially costly and dangerous is when we forget God and forget the things that he's done in our life. I think that can be costly and dangerous. Um, and so I want to look at that in Scripture and kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, it's just, for most of the things that we forget, it's because something distracts us. We're busy, just like the movie. Like, they're just going all over the place, and they forget their child. Um, they forget something significant. And so we just get in this thing. And so this is what I want to look at. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 8. That's where we're going to go to. Because there's a people group in Scripture um, called the Israelites. And if you read through the Old Testament, you'll find that these people are forgetful people. I can identify with them because they're constantly forgetting things. They're constantly forgetting about God. All right? There's specifically a story about they were in captivity. They were slaves in Egypt for a long time, 400 years, right? And then God did an incredible thing through Moses and saved them, got them out of Egypt, out of slavery. They were free people now, all right? And then there came a point where God met uh, Moses on a mountain and was talking, communicating, and giving all these things, instructions about how to be holy, how to be his people, what to do and what not to do, and all these things. We call that the law. And so, but... Moses was doing that, and then the people were down in the valley. And they're like, where'd that guy go? <laughs> Where did Moses go? And then, they all, and then they forgot about God. Because they ended up taking this, this, just the golden things with Aaron, and then they made this image, is a calf, a cow, right? And said, oh, this thing, this God saved us from Egypt. They forgot about who really saved them. And so they were forgetful in that. And so the result of that was God had the people go into the wilderness and they wandered for 40 years. That's a long time. I don't know what 40 years, I haven't experienced 40 years yet. Um, And so that's just, it seems like a long, long time. And so they're wandering in the wilderness. In Deuteronomy 8, we're going to look at verses 11 through 20. At this point, they had been in the wilderness for a long time, almost almost to the 40-year mark. Um, but Moses is writing, uh, it's kind of like the second law. So more instructions, more things for the Israelites to know about, to warn them about, because they're about to go into the promised land. They're about to go experience God's promise that he made all the way to their ancestors with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're about to experience that. But I have a warning for you. And the warning is this. Don't forget God. Don't forget Egypt. And don't forget about the wilderness. And so we're going to look at these things. So Deuteronomy 8, verses 11 through 20, it says this. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands 
his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in, in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Let the nation, like the nations, the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. That's a lot right there. And so what we're going to do, we're going to kind of dig into it. We're going to break it down a little bit. When I look at this text, I, I see really three highlighting things, which I just said is uh, that, that Moses is telling, telling the Israelites, do not forget this. It's a warning. Don't forget these things as you go into the promised land. The first one is this. Don't forget about God. Don't forget about God. Verse 11, don't forget the Lord your God, failing to follow commands and laws. Um, and then uh, verse 14, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God after he's talking about all the abundance that they have, that they will have. Um, in verse 18, uh, Moses said, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. What Moses is saying here is that you're about to have abundance. Right now you have nothing. You have what I give you because it's in, and we read here that it, the wilderness was not a great place. And so, but you are going to a place where you're going to have everything you want and more. But the warning is don't become proud. Don't become prideful because that's what tends to happen. When we have abundance, we typically think, and he says right here, my hand did this. It is mine. It is, this is my doing. And it's all mine, 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 mine. It's all about us. And he says, don't fall into that. He's saying here that, Israel, you are not your own God. I am your God. And we fall into that as well. We feel like we are our own God. We do what we want to do. And a lot of times that ends us, ends to be a bad, bad thing. It hurts us in the end. We become distracted. I mean, we live in a super, super distracted culture. We're constantly distracted. We're constantly busy. We're go, 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 go. And then we tend to just, God is an afterthought a lot of times, right before going to bed, and we think about God. When God is the one that literally has given you everything that you have to glorify him. Like we have to decrease so then he can increase. That should be a mindset that we have every single day. We have to get out of the way so then God can do what he does. And so that's a danger that, that Moses is sharing here to the Israelites. Do not worship the blessing. Worship the God who brought the blessing. Don't do that because forgetfulness can be costly and dangerous. The second thing is this. Don't forget about Egypt. Uh, verse 14, it says this. You will, after he talks about the pride and the, and the stuff that you have, don't become prideful. He says, you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt 
out of the land of slavery. It's really interesting. So this phrase that, that how God is introduced, the God that brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, that is repeated a lot of times in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible, like 80 times. It's a lot. And so, but the reason behind that is, is in repetition, he wants the people to know who he is. I am the God. I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. I am the God that brought you out of slavery. It wasn't the, the calf. It wasn't even Moses. It wasn't yourself. It was me. I'm the one that saved you. I'm the one that set you free. That's what he's saying here. This is what he's communicating here. It's funny. When you look at the story of the Israelites, as soon, almost as soon as they got out of slavery and they were doing their thing, they started to complain. And they even started saying, oh, we want to go back to Egypt. I found that I find that crazy to me. You were in slavery. You were being abused. And you want to go back to Egypt. The thing is, is that because they, they remembered the comfort of Egypt. They remembered the food. They were given food. They were fed. They had a home. They had all these things. But they forgot about the slavery part. See, with us, the, the most amazing thing is that this God that we read in Scripture right here is the same God that saved us. The same one. Because through Jesus, we are set free. We were in bondage. We were in slavery, and he set us free. We were destined for hell. We were in darkness, and he brought us out of that. He rescued us. That's amazing. But what the tendency is, is that when we forget about our salvation, when we forget about Jesus, we forget about him saving us, when we forget about it, we tend to go back to slavery-type ways. We tend to fall back into sin. We fall back into those things. Because why? It's comfortable? Because it feels good? I don't know. But we, we go back to those things. We go back to bondage. And God says, no, I set you free. Don't forget that you are a child of God, that you are set free, that you are his, and that you are deeply loved. Don't forget about that because the enemy wants you to forget about it every single day. So don't forget about that because forgetfulness can be costly and dangerous. The third thing is this. Don't forget about the wilderness. Don't forget about the wilderness. Verse 15, Moses is talking about the wilderness. He calls it the vast and dreadful wilderness. He talks about uh, no water, there's snakes, there's scorpions. Um, At first it kind of sounds like Texas a little bit. (laughs) Um, Snakes and scorpions and sometimes no water. Um, but, uh, but then he kind of goes on, he talks about the, how the, the rock, the, the rock produced water. Like that's fascinating. And then the manna, which it's kind of funny. The actual translation for manna is what is this? <laughs> what is this? It's food. Eat it. Um, you're going to eat it for a long time. And so that's what that is. Um, and then in verse, we kind of find the, the, the purpose behind the wilderness. We think that, we think that the wilderness was just a punishment. Right? Oh, well, you messed up, so now you're going to be punished. No, the wilderness had such a greater purpose than that. And he says it right here. The purpose behind the wilderness was to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. The wilderness was to chisel those sharp edges to let the Israelites know that God is God and they are not. And I'm going to take away the things that you are desiring, the things 
that make you feel good, and I'm going to make you dependent on me and me alone. You're going to know that I am your God. You're going to know this. You are going to be humbled in that way. And I want you, Israel, to take what you learned in the wilderness, and I want you to take it into the promised land. That's what I want you to do, Israel. I want you to depend on me always, even when good times are, are you're experiencing good times. It should be all the time you're dependent on me. When we, I think all of us in this room have experienced a wilderness type season. I think all of us have. Um, and a lot of times when we think about, we think back to those wilderness type seasons, a lot of times we just think about the bad stuff. We think about, oh, it did this and it was terrible, blah, 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 and we just complain. Um, that's me. That's what I've done in the past. Um, but we tend to forget about how good God was, how he provided. How in those times, when I think back to the times that I've gone through wilderness-type seasons, those are the times that I've been so close to God, it was just so sweet. It's such a sweet time. And God is saying, don't waste it. Don't waste this time that I have you in the wilderness because I want you to take it into your everyday life all the time. I want this to be a consistent thing forever and ever. Don't waste the wilderness. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about how God is in the wilderness how he provides. The question really is this, is are you the same person after the wilderness than you were before? Are you the same person? So don't forget about the wilderness. So we have all these things, and, and, all, and really there's different, different time frames, different things, different seasons where we get, um, that we walk through, and the thing that, that is pretty consistent is this, is that through all the, if you're, you're in a promised land type time, you're in the wilderness, maybe you are a, you're in Egypt and you have not been saved and you need to get out of Egypt. You need Jesus to save you. Maybe you are in that position. I don't know where you are at, but I do know this. No matter where you are, God has never forgotten you. Because there's times that we feel like, God, where are you? God, where are you? I don't feel you. I don't sense you. I, 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 in this situation, you're, where are you? But he hasn't forgotten you. So let's not forget about him. Now it gets to the point of like, okay, let's not forget about God, but how? How do we not forget about God? How do we do this? The really cool thing about Scripture is throughout the Bible... God gives tangible things of ways that we can remember him. He gave them to Israel. He gave them to us. And so he gives us things, that tools that we can use to, so then we can remember him every single day and not forget these things because these are important. Because forgetfulness can be costly and dangerous, and we don't want that. We want to remember God so then we can live life, life abundantly. And so I want to I comb through some things that I find in Scripture that's in the law, that's in the New Testament, that's things that we can pull from and that we can use as tools to help us remember God. The first one is this. Read and memorize Scripture. Read and memorize Scripture. To know God, you have to read Scripture. Um, that's pretty, pretty evident. But to remember Him, memorize it. 
To remember him, memorize it, memorize it, memorize it. Uh, Psalm 119.11 says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's funny, you see this play out when Jesus was in the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, and he hadn't eaten and drinking or anything like that, and, and the, the devil comes and tempts him. What does he do? What does he do? He fights him off with Scripture. Memorize Scripture that he spoke and says, no, no, no. I see what you're doing, but God's Word says this. It's a sword. It's a weapon that we should use. And if we don't memorize it, man, what are we doing? Here's the thing. Um, I think memorizing Scripture is a dying discipline. I really do. Um, I think, I'll, I'll put it this way. So, um, many of you grew up in an era when you had to memorize telephone numbers all the time. All right? You know what I'm talking about. Why don't you anymore? Because it's on your phone, right? You don't have to. You don't have to. There's an innovation in, that, that we have now that you don't have to memorize phone numbers anymore. So I feel like this, is, this type of thinking has bled into our spiritual lives. I don't have to memorize Scripture because the Bible is literally in my pocket. Whenever I need it, whenever I want it, I could just pull it out, boom, there you go. Now, the, the, the thing about that is when you do that, when you, when you don't have it deposited into your heart, it's not inside of you. It's not living out of you. Like if I were to ask a bunch of people, quote me John 3.16, majority of the people today statistically will just go right to their phone. They won't have it deposited in their heart. It's amazing to me. And I'm not trying to like, like I don't know, like beat down on you, but that's just the reality. This is, this is just to wake us up a little bit because we need to memorize scripture. Is it the thing that we call this in the psychology world when we depend on our devices to remember things for us or that we are de- just dependent is called cognitive offloading. I don't want to do it with my brain so I'm just going to ma- have my phone do it for me. This is what they call it. I feel like we've we've created in our culture in our in our spiritual lives a spiritual offloading that we have to depend on our phone to do the things that we just should have deposited in our heart. Because when just back to the Jesus example. When, when Satan came at him and he was in the wilderness, Jesus didn't like, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me get my iPhone. He didn't do that. It was deposited in his heart. It was a part of him. And it bled out of him. It was a reservoir. It was an arsenal that he created in his heart so then the Holy Spirit can use that weapon when needed. When it's on your phone, you don't have that. And when it's not in your heart, we have no weapons. Unless we just pull out our body. Well, we're not going to do that. Deposit it in your heart. Memorize scripture so that you can use it as a weapon. And so then you can remember when you most need it. Second is this. Oops. Second is this. Write things down. I'm a big proponent of writing things down. I love writing things down. If I'm going to remember something, I have to write it down. You should see my office. I have post notes all over the place. I've got to remember, remember, remember. I write things down. Um, Exodus 17, there's a story in there. It's a famous story when Moses held his arms up, right, when they were fighting the Amalekites and all that, and, and her and Aaron were holding up his arms. I, I, I get that. I identify with that because I can't, like, if I held my arms up for a minute, I'd be tired. <laughs> um, try doing that. And so 
they were just in this battle, and when they won because they had the staff over his head. And so, but after that happened, after they won the battle, God told Moses this, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and be sure that Joshua hears about it. Write it down. This is something important to remember. Write this down and tell Joshua. Joshua wasn't on the mountain with Moses. Joshua was fighting. Tell Joshua what happened, that God won the battle, that he didn't. This is something to be remembered. Write it down. The thing that we, that we kind of fall into is thinking that, oh, I'll remember that, so I don't need to write it down. Chances are you won't if you don't write it down. And so write things down. I'm a big proponent of journaling. This is a journal from uh, 2016. So this is a year's worth of journaling. Um, and it's all torn up and, and all like, like that. And um, I love, love journaling. When I journal... I write in such a way that I'm writing to my future self. Because I've learned in my walk that I can learn a whole lot from my past self. And so I want to write in a way that's clear because sometimes my handwriting can be messy. Um, and so some of you might identify with that. And so you just write clearly. But I'm writing in such a way that I'm writing to my future self, that I can learn from my past self. It's actually funny. So this, this whole talk today, this sermon, actually came out of this journal from 2016. This is something, I have a quiet time that I wrote, and I wrote it, and I just, just the Holy Spirit just gave it to me. And, and through just digging through stuff, I came across this, and I was like, man, I want to share that. You never know when something you wrote down from years ago can come up, and you can use it. You never know. Write in such a way, and write in such a way that you're going to go back and read it. Okay? So write things down so you can remember. Um, Third thing is this, have physical reminders. Have physical reminders. You see this out throughout Scripture. You see altars of remembrance. You see the stones um, in Joshua when they crossed the Jordan. Um, and, and, and then also, like, you see uh, with, with Lord's Supper, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. It's a physical thing that we do as a church to remember Jesus and his broken body and his blood that he shed for us. That's something that we do, a physical thing that we do. Have Physical reminders. I have a physical reminder that I have uh, in my office. I just, Alan, can you bring me my leg? There you go. Um, so, don't think I'm weird. Um, there's a there's a perp, there's a story behind this. And so this is, as you can see, a prosthetic leg. Um, this is my physical reminder that I have in my office. My original career path was to build these. I wanted to build prosthetics, and so I wanted to do this. I wanted to work for the VA. And, and that's that. And so there came a point when I was in college that God said, no, I want you to go into ministry. And so this is a reminder of that, that, that God had a purpose for my life. And people have, and people have a purpose to, to build these. Um, but this is a reminder for me to share and to know, like, hey, God moved in an incredible way in my life. And so I have this in my office. This was also a reminder because... Um, <laughs> uh, after Sam and I got married, this was uh, the the uh, this was um, we had a fight over this, um, and uh, and so I wanted to display it in our apartment. She she it was a hard no, um, and so uh, and uh, so it it also reminds me of that. She actually reminded me of that uh, not too long ago. But anyways, but this is but this is but I have it in my office, and the reason why I have it in my office is that I spend most of my day in the office. Um, and so I have it in there, but also 
I have kids, students that come into my office, and they will ask me, "Why? Do, what's up with the leg? <laughs> Why do you have a leg? What's up with that? And so it gives me an opportunity to share how good God is. And that's the same thing with the stones when you read in Joshua. Set up these stones so then you can be remembered, but then the next generation can know who their God is and how good he is. And it's also a signpost to the rest of the world. And so what do you have that you can put a, a thing, a picture, a Maybe a leg, or I don't know, like something physical that you see every single day that reminds you how good God is and what he has done in your life. A physical reminder. God's all about that. The last one is this. Engage, engage in worship music. Um, I learned a whole lot from Chris not too long ago about worship music. Uh, you see him. He's on the drums. He also has helps uh, Brett a ton with the worship ministry. Um, but he, he actually spoke at Powerhouse and he shared something that just resonated with me, that you know, when, you, when you worship, you're, you're proclaiming things about God. It reminds you who God is, what he's done, uh, who you are. Like These are things that we re- just be reminded by singing. It's not just singing songs, but we're being reminded. But also something that he shared, which is so true, is that, uh, that memories are often linked to songs. Memories are often linked to songs. I know there's not necessarily Christian songs, but like, Songs like from my childhood that when I hear that song, it brings me back to a specific memory. I'm sure you can resonate. Like something just pops on the radio and you're like, man, that brings you back. Um, for me, a worship song that, that kind of brings me back is Lord, I Need You. Uh, when I was in high school, hearing this song, uh, it just, that was, there came to a point in my life where I just had to surrender. I was fighting God. Um, I was trying to live my life the way I wanted to live. And, and I just came to a point of brokenness. And that song is that in a worship night during youth group. And I just, just gave up. I just gave it all. And Lord, I Need You was playing. And every time I hear that song, it just brings me back to that moment. It brings me back to that sweet time that God says, I got you. And you can depend on me. And I love you. And just surrendering. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. So I don't know what, what song you have, or maybe a couple songs. I don't know. But be intentional about sometimes, you know, just play that song. So then it brings you back and reminds you how good God is and how he is faithful and how he has blessed you and how he saved you. And so we don't forget because forgetfulness can often be costly and dangerous. We don't. And so I want, I want, as we talk about words, I want to bring the band up. We're, we're about to jump back into worship, actually. Um, and, and I don't know where you're at. I don't know what season you're in. We just got done with Thanksgiving. It's a great time. Uh, but like what Brett said, maybe it, it's a tough time. Maybe it, you're going through a wilderness-type time right now, right? But whatever you're walking through right now, um, let this just be a time of reflection. Remember who God is in your life. Remember who you are, your identity in God, that you're a child of God. And just remember what he has done, how he's worked in your life. And, it's, and maybe this is the time, maybe today, that you just go and, and get into a quiet place and you just reflect. That's, something, that's refreshing to me when I do that. And so let's, let's take that time. I'm going to pray. If the, the prayer teams and the elders want to come up too, they just... They'll be available uh, to pray with you and just process things. They're not going to counsel you, but they're going to pray with you. And so we want to we do that. But I'm going to pray, and then we're, gonna, we're just going to enter into this time to reflect, 
reflect. And as we sing, Lord, I need you, let this be a time that we just, that we just ask for forgiveness for our forgetfulness. That we ask for help. That we take some tangible tools and we could use them to help us remember how good you are. So God, I, I want to pray. God, I, I thank you for life. I thank you for your hand in every situation. No matter how good or bad, God, you are moving in our lives. And you use everything for a purpose. And so, God, I pray that this time would be a time that we would reflect, God, that we would just get all the distractions and things away so then we can connect with you. That's one last song. That we can sing this and remember who you are and decrease so then you can increase. God, I pray that we just exalt you in this moment. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.